Hi, everyone. It's so nice to be here with all of you. Um, ooh, I've been like really emotional over here in this room, just worshiping with all of you. Um, so it's really nice to be here. Um, some of you I haven't met. And for I think a lot of us, getting to know each other was kind of interrupted by the pandemic. Um, so I'm looking forward to when we can all be back together again and um, I can get to know everybody more. Um, so since we don't know each other that well, I thought I would get a little personal and share a bit of um, some of the things that I've been processing in this season. As we know, it's been a really revealing time in our society and um, it definitely has been for me as well. And I think um, what I'll share with you guys right now um, relates to the theme of today's passage about the bread of life. So thinking about bread brought me back to grade school when all I wanted for lunch was a sandwich. Two pieces of bread, some mayo, some cold cuts in between would have been nice. Um, but in the late 80s and early 90s, growing up in Southern Ontario, I was the only Canadian Chinese girl uh, with immigrant parents in my class amongst a sea of kids who looked relatively similar to one another. I'm almost certain they were all probably from distant European descent. So I inherently learned how to assimilate to this white culture around me that was so very different from my life at home. And I thought I had done a pretty good job of uh, being white. But one area that I could not escape my um, Chinese heritage was at lunchtime. Every day I was filled with dread when lunchtime came around and I had to take out my thermos of smelly Chinese food while everyone ate their sandwiches. As I took out my food, I can still see the faces of some of my friends who just looked absolutely disgusted and told me that my food smelled like fart. It was horrible. And the embarrassment and shame that I felt still haunts me now. But it wasn't until this past year, um, in the first year of the pandemic, there was a 717% rise in Asian hate crimes in Vancouver. And I had my own 
experience last summer of being chased down the street by a man telling me to go back to my own country. That um, God has been really uncovering layers of shame and self-rejection and inferiority that I had just buried really, really deep inside of me. So yeah, I've been in a season of just realizing that my experience of growing up as a visible minority in Canada really malformed part of my identity. Um, I think I thought that I would only be valued by rejecting and just burying this fundamental part of how God uniquely and purposely made me, my Chinese heritage. And, you know, food is such a basic part of who we are. It, it's personal and I think it does reflect a part of our identity identity. It nourishes and comforts. And yet for me, I have this very conflicting, um, conflicting feelings about the food I grew up eating. I, I love my mom's food. For me, for sure, it's like my comfort food. And um, now that we're living so far away from them, because they're still in Ontario, I, I miss her cooking so much. But at the same time, my home food, um, which is a part of my identity, it being so rejected made me feel rejected and caused me to just re reject such a fundamental part of myself. So what does our text today have to say about all of this? What does our text today say about our identities? What does Jesus have to say about bread and food? Um, how does this relate to who he is and our identity in him? Um, let's dive into the context. In our passage, it's during the Passover and the Passover has to do with the Exodus, which is probably the most significant event in Israel's history that defined who they were as a people, where God, Yahweh, revealed himself as their deliverer and their provider. And the two significant events that are connected to the Exodus are God parting the Red Sea and bringing Israel through the Red Sea and the manna, God feeding the people of Israel in the wilderness. And so Gordy spoke the past two weeks um, on first the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and that mirrors the incident in the wilderness of God feeding the people with the manna 
And then last week he spoke on Jesus walking on the water, which mirrors um, the parting of the Red Sea. So it's no coincidence that Jesus performed these two signs um, because he was signaling to us and to the people of Israel that he is Yahweh, he is God. So in our text today, um, we pick up the story here where these two signs have now happened and the crowds who were there at the feeding of the 5,000, they wanted to make Jesus king. There's like just, they're in a frenzy about who is this guy? And Jesus was like, I need to go to the mountain and just be by myself right now. And he sends his disciples ahead of him in the only boat that that was there. There was only one boat. And that's important um, because the people knew there was only one boat and they knew that Jesus didn't cross the lake. So um, he actually ends up crossing the lake, but not by a boat. As we know, he walked on the water and um, got everybody across through the storm. But the next morning, the crowds are just like, where is he? Where did he go? There was only one boat and he didn't go ahead with them. So how did he, what happened? And then another boat comes and they cross the lake and they're looking for him. And then there he is. He is on the other side of the lake. So they're just like, what the, what happened? And there's just this excitement and this buzz, like, who is this guy? What is going on? And so this sets up this discussion that we're looking at today between Jesus and the crowds. And, and I think that the questions that they ask Jesus provide an opportunity it provided him an opportunity to reveal the truth of who he is and reframe their story, reframe um, Israel's story as a people, um, their identity around him. And so they ask him this question and um, they say, what must we do to perform the works of God? And I think that question means what makes us God's people? What does he require of us as a people? What must we do? How can we perform so that we, we can show we're God's people? And Jesus's answer is so simple. He says, the work that you have to do is to believe. Believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in me, he's saying. This is how you can show that you are God's people, by believing in me. This is what is required of you, believing in me. And, and I think Jesus is reframing their whole identity. He's saying, hey guys, I know your identity as a people has been framed around the Exodus, being the one true people of God, being people of the temple, of performing these works of the law. 
waiting for this Messiah who's going to conquer the land through military might and restore the land back to Israel. But actually I'm reframing all of this around myself. Yes, you are the people of God, but it's not through performing the works of the law, but it's believing in me, believing that when you see me, you're seeing God. Jesus is telling them and pretty explicitly that he is the image of the invisible God, that they need to believe and in him. And um, I think for us, the answer is the same. We don't need to perform, but we need to believe who Jesus is and who he says that we are. I think um, he's taking us out of narratives that have deformed us and taken us out of the truth of who we are. And he's reframing our identities, our narratives around himself. We are people of God in Christ. And, and this is where the food analogy comes in. Um, Jesus says, do not work for food that perishes. And in the message version, it says, but for food that nourishes, nourishes. I really like that word. Um, you know, like I said before, food comforts, food sustains, food satisfies us. And Jesus is saying, I am that food. I am that bread. Come and feed on me. Come and nourish yourself with me. He says, I am the bread. Come and you'll never be hungry. Come to me and you'll never be hungry. Believe in me and you'll never be thirsty. And when I think of never being hungry, I think about being satisfied and full. When I think about never being thirsty, I think about never feeling empty, never feeling a lack. But I constantly feel unsatisfied and I often feel like I'm lacking. I'm, I am not enough. I'm not doing enough. Whatever I have done isn't enough. There's just never enough. It always feels like there's never enough. Um, and I think that that happens because I lose sight of God and who God's, God says that I am. And I'm often feeding myself and grounding my identity in so many other deforming narratives. But Jesus, he's just reframing our whole identity around him. He's saying, feed yourself on me and you will get life. Let me be the narrative you feed and nourish yourself with. Let me nourish your soul with who I am and who I say you are. And, and he's saying to us, who are we? 
we are people that reflect his image. This is our fundamental identity. I reflect God's image. That, that is who I am. Apart from like anything else, I am someone who reflects God's image. This is where our, our value and our worth comes from. That we are significant, not because of anything that we do, not because of meeting standards that are placed on us by society, by our family, by our friends, by whatever these other narratives are, but solely because we have been created by God with intention and purpose to reflect him. And I really love this part of the passage um, in the NLT version, the crowds say, well, sir, give us this bread every day, every day. And they're like so excited. And I, I think, yes, Lord, give us this bread every day. Like, help me to feed myself on this every day. And I think that's part of um, how we believe where you know, like I said before, the work that we need to do is to believe. And, and I think that's part of it is just ingesting and nourishing ourselves every day, looking to Jesus, reorienting ourselves from all these other narratives that are swirling around us that are trying to, to de deform and distort our identity in Christ reminding ourselves, I reflect God's image. That is who I am. That is why I am significant. That is why I have value. And one last thing I just wanted to highlight that just really, really touched me is um, Jesus saying that the bread of God is, is him. He who has come down and gives life for the world, for the whole world, that there is diversity in the body of Christ. And we need to feed on this, that reflecting God's image means that we all have unique expressions, that we are all created to be different. We're not created to be the same, that we each reflect a unique facet of God's image, of his character. His personhood is diverse. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, there's different functions and we're all different and that's beautiful and that's good. And, and God needs us to be uniquely who we are for myself. I am learning, um, I'm 37 years old and I'm trying to figure out my identity. <laughs> I'm Canadian and yet I do have this Chinese heritage that um, I shouldn't be hiding anymore and figuring out what does that mean and not letting it just be washed away by dominant culture. Um, there's a lot of other things I'm trying to figure out, but 
that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, and for all of us, where he has you right now, this season of your life, who you are, what you're doing, we need you to be you. And I, I love that um, saying, you be you, just do you. And I'm like, okay, yes, just do me. Um, yeah, his image, God's image is incomplete without us. His image is incomplete without the unique flavor that we bring. His image is incomplete without all the flavors of the world. We're all needed for God's image to be completely reflected in the world. So, yeah, Jesus, he is the bread of life. He is the rice of life. He's the non of life for the world. May we feed on him and be nourished and comforted by who he is and who he says we are complete and whole in his image. Amen. So um, I think it's time for reflection. And so let's just reflect on this, reflect on the fundamental reality that you are made in God's image. You are significant and you have value because God created you with intention and purpose in his image. How do you uniquely reflect God's image. Let's reflect on this for two minutes and then I'll pass it back to Karen. <laughs> 